I'm Carrie. And I'm Christy. And we are Status Macabre. worked out so well it did congratulations i did good i was worried about it like i sweated i'm kidding it wasn't that bad <laughs> no it wasn't so you guys were super excited um one it feels like it's the end of the year well it's definitely the end i was of the gonna year. say it feels like it it, it does is. feel like it because it is the end of the yeah, year it is. so we have uh we are going to be taking a break yes until january the 9th i think yes the 9th it will be that she's laughing at me because I turned the light on because I couldn't see last time. I'm gonna see. In all fairness, my I have one bulb that's working in this room. Yeah. But these aren't. I went and bought bulbs, but they're, they're not the weird regular ones. bulbs. Yeah. They're they're tiny. Yeah. And so I'm replacing this fan anyway. But that's also been something that I was gonna do like six months ago. I know. But- I actually have the fan. It's right over there. Anyway, so down the <laughs> rabbit hole with Carrie. But yeah, we're going to take a break and um, get our act together again for January 9th. Celebrate Christmas. Yes. Have an amazing new year. Yep. And then we will be back January the 9th with Mm -hmm. our first uh, recording for 2022, which will be Chrissy's episode. Yep. And then also what we want to mention is February 14th. Will be our one year. year. Yep, one year, one year, one year mark. And so, what we are planning right now is to be somewhere fabulous. Where that is, I don't know yet. Yeah, we got, we got to figure that part out. I feel like it needs to be warm wherever it is. Yeah, Disney World. Okay, I don't know what's macabre about Disney World. Oh, we could figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe it doesn't have to be. We could just, just go a- to a local macabre setting somewhere. There you go. <laughs> Villains, Maleficent. Something. But it probably won't be Key West. Yeah, no. No, no. I was looking at the prices in Key West in February and was like, yeah. Mm. We went last year in February. And I don't know how, to be honest with you, I was able to afford that. I swear to God. Um, I think because we split a house. Yeah, we did. We did. That's we right. split the house and yeah. Yeah. Or we split a condo or something yeah, we at did. that time. Maybe yeah. not a house. But. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. We'll figure it out though. And we will let you know what's going on for the... For the one year mark. But until then, um, I don't have any other business. No other than, you know, you guys continue to check us out on all the platforms. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, email us at statusmacabre at statusmacabre.com. Check out our website. Um, you know, continue to spread the word. Word of mouth is yes. one of the best ways to, to, to you know. Show enough. Use them lips. <laughs> <laughs> so if that's it i think that's it i'm gonna go ahead and get started and what Let's i want to talk girl. about today is so not anything i don't think we've done yet because it's going to be about serial killers but it's going to be about many yeah no, we've not done this uh and before and it's, it's about notorious serial killers or s- serial rapists murderers torturers who have been caught went to prison and then been released and are either still out there today and they're walking among us walking among us and several of these 
folks are, are repeat offenders mm-hmm. um, who Ugh. couldn't who couldn't wait seventy two hours before they started murdering people. Um, I had no idea how many murderers had been released from prison until I started doing. It's terrifying. Research. I it's it astounding, really is. I'm I mean, sure. when you think about the people, mm-hmm. oh gosh, it just it gives me it kind of makes me freaky. Oh, scared. Well, definitely. Um, and I don't mean someone who's convicted of manslaughter or, you know, for a car accident or, or you know, accidentally killed somebody in, in some weird off-the-wall right. incident. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean women and men who were convicted of plotting, planning, and carrying out multiple murders. It's, it really has me wondering who's around me now at all times. So Oh, well, definitely. You never know what your, I mean, you don't know what your neighbor does. I mean, I, I know, I always had Your that grocery in my mind. Attendant, yeah. You can look and see who is a... a oh, sex offender. Sex offender, right. Yes, you know, you can, that's correct. And so I'm like, okay, I can see that. Right. But, and I'm not saying that's not gross or weird or creepy or not natural or whatever, but combine that with a murderer? Oh, man. I'd like to see that online. What Type in um, serial, serial killers, killers near a, me. Yes. <laughs> I mean, why not? <laughs> You must now register as a serial killer. What? I mean, but why Why not? Well, because generally they don't let serial killers out. Oh. Oh. But you I mean, I guess so, you're but the no, argument. No, I'm yeah. You, like, yeah, I was going to say you have a good argument. That so That's fair. That's fair. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and get started. And the first guy I want to talk about is uh, Pedro Lopez. He's rated number 10 of 61. Holy of scariest shit. serial killers in history. Wait, wait. I wonder how many. I wonder. It must be the top 100. Now, now you guys, there was, there were so many different lists. There was the sure. top 10. There was the top yeah. 1 to 75. Yeah. Um, but I will tell you, no matter what list came up, yeah. he was on every single one. No shit. He I've never heard of this guy. One. He sounded very similar to someone else. And mm-hmm. I thought for a moment that I had... Already done. Already done it. But uh, he's responsible for the rape and murder of hundreds. I don't mean tens. Hundreds of children in Ecuador, Mm. Colombia, and Peru. That's horrible. He was caught in 1980 and released in 1998. That's it? Yeah. He never showed any remorse for his crimes. He vowed to kill again once he was released. Nice. So I want to put a little caveat in here. For the folks listening, there are some of these serial killers that have been released that I'm going to talk about that I'm going to give a little more background than the other ones because I found some of them a little more interesting. <laughs> They're all horrific. They're all terrible. Mm. Um, so Pedro's childhood was horrible. His father was killed when his mother was three months pregnant. He was born the seventh of 13 children Jeez. to a single That's mother. That's awful. His mother turned to sex work in order to make ends meet and became physically abusive towards him and the other children, and she herself was abused by her clients. So, and also, too, just something to add here, she would take clients to her house with her kids there. Gross. So this, he was exposed to... Terrible, terrible. Yeah, shit he should not have been. Yeah. She gets mother of the year. Absolutely. Allegedly, his mother kicked him out of the house because she caught him fondling one of his sisters. What did she expect? And I... (laughs) I... I mean, you, I know. you come home, your mom's laid out with some, you know, and, Bob, Joe, Dick, Harry, yeah. whatever. And then, 
I mean, I'm definitely. Now think about this setting Ugh. in that area, right? In, right. in Central America, America, North uh, mm. area of South America. Not a lot of money there. So wherever right. they were living, I'm sure they were sharing beds. Yeah, poverty. So I did read that at times a child would be in the same bed or in the same room when his mother was had clients over. Oh, that's horrible. Um, so this, this of course led to a childhood of schools for orphans for him. He was living on the streets. He was living with strangers and eventually that led him to a life of being, um, in, you know, in and out of prisons. He was molested. He was raped. He was introduced to drugs. He stole, he pretty much did and, you know, anything terrible that you could think of and then anything terrible that you could think of happening to a homeless child it Mm -hmm. pretty much happened Mm -hmm. to him and he would later say that he wanted revenge for all the suffering that he endured as a child i was gonna say i would i can see why he's mad i'd be pissed at the world i i i don't know how i would have turned out i know that's what i was i was trying to figure out how to word that but i i mean when i'm happy everybody's happy when i'm pissed Everybody's pissed. Everybody's pissed. (laughs) At 21, he went to prison for petty theft. And when he was released, he unleashed pure evil, seeking out young indigenous girls in the area with limited economic means. So these would be other homeless uh, children that were in the same situation that he was when he was a child. Mm -hmm. He would lure them to a remote area. He would rape them. He would torture them. And and then he would would kill them. Now, he travels through Ecuador, Colombia, and in Peru, raping and murdering young young children. When one day in Ecuador, he attempted to kidnap a young girl from a busy market area. So he had gotten to the point where now he's brazen and he's bold and he's going out into public areas where there's many people. Right, around. just snatching them. <clears throat> well, you know, somebody saw him and said, "Hey, nobody, we don't we don't do that here or not today." Satan is not happening. <laughs> so. <laughs> He was arrested, he was convicted, and he was sentenced to prison. The bodies of 57 children were were found. So there's a total Holy of 57 shit. children that were actually found. And there was an actually, there was an area that he would, I hate to say it like this, but he would toss them and leave. Yeah, like a dumping ground. Yeah. yeah. That's horrible. Um, but with his confessions later on, he would say that he actually murdered in in the hundreds, Mm -hmm. in the hundreds. And he claimed to be responsible for 200 total, but he was charged with 110 murders. So there was 110 that they could corroborate, but he claimed that there were additional 200 to that 120, not a total of 200. And, Mm -hmm. you know, this, this sick freak is currently free. He was released, um, Two years early of his 14-year sentence. I don't understand. Why only 14 years? For, for good behavior. He I behaved? Saw. He was... Re- but, but he put no, his no, no, tray no. up in the cafeteria when he was done. Is that behaving? No, no. Fucker. But how did he get 14 years? Well, you know, I... From what I could tell, the judicial air, the yeah. judicial system down there... I'm not just, really asking. It's yeah. a rhetorical question. It's just... just saying. It's... It's... Mind-boggling. I knew you'd use that. Uh, I take it to room to room. Yeah, so sorry. I stole goes. a bat. I, t- I took a back scratcher and I'm scratching my back. You guys, sorry. my f- most favorite thing that I have in my house, well, 
not literally, is this little back scratcher that I take everywhere and I brought it in here and Chrissy's using it now. That's fantastic. <laughs> Um, yeah, so he was only sentenced to 14 years, but he was released after 12, um, two years early for good behavior. His whereabouts are unknown. Oh my God. So we don't know if he's been killing people or not. We have, we have absolutely no idea. Also want to note here that he spent some time in an institution as he was declared, um, insane. Um, some people <laughs> suspect, some people speculate that he has been murdered himself. Uh, mm. However, others feel that he has picked up right where he left off. I feel certain. Not anything. Yeah, I, I he just got smarter. Did. Yeah, he just got smarter. But I will say, um, if someone that I knew or my child was one of his victims and I knew a man got, I would take Oh, it, uh, yeah, vigilante. What do they call that? Vigilante justice? Oh, yeah. heck yeah. Somebody's going down. I Real quick. Yeah, pop, pop. and I know they say, and I, I do believe this, I don't think there's any justice if you no. have a loved one that's murdered. There's no justice. I don't care how many years. Well, no, and you don't get over it done. either. Exactly. Exactly. So the next person that I want to talk about is Mary Bell, and I know everybody's... Uh, heard about Mary. Mary was born to a 16-year-old prostitute who upon delivering her, Mary, she said, take that thing away from me. As soon as she saw the baby. That's 16, horrible. Take that thing away from me. Now, Mary's mother's name is slash was Betty. Okay. Betty did not want Mary and Mary's abuse started at a very young age. She suffered at the hands of her mother physical abuse, mental abuse, um, anything that you could think of when her mother was around it was it was it was torturous for her but when her mother would go away on trips trips <laughs> she would go away on trips to neighboring counties um to, for, to visit clients and to visit okay them. and that's how she you know she got some reprieve when that happened right um and i'm assuming that it's for prostitution i'm pretty sure that that's why she i'm a traveling on these trips. i'm a traveling prostitute <laughs> but mary was grateful for whatever the reason oh yeah was no doubt wasn't there um, also Mary was very accident prone and I'm using air quotes there. She once quote fell in quote out of a window and also once accidentally OD OD on sleeping pills at a young age. Oh my gosh. That's horrible. Her so, mom was like just trying to kill her. Yeah. So explain it. <laughs> I was going to say, so explain to me how that happened. Yeah. Now her mother also would sell her. A prostitute <gasps> she'd pimp her daughter out and that started at the age of four now oh, this was what a piece per, of shit yeah this was per mary's account um and it was never corroborated but after all the reading that i did mm -hmm. i i believe that 100 percent. sure um because her whole childhood and what i'm about to talk about before she went to prison at 11 years old oh my there's God. no reason why <laughs> We, we should doubt anything that she says. Um, and it doesn't surprise me that by the age of 10, Mary was uh, very troubled. She was displaying her own acts of violence. And she had an obsession with death at the age of 10. That's awful. I My 10-year-old... Oh, that's right. I mean, Catherine's 11, but at 10, she sure as hell wasn't thinking about death. I mean, outside of saying... You know, to her brother, she was going to kill him. Oh, right, right. And see, that's, that, that feels right. That's that justified, tracks. right? Yeah. <laughs> Mary began acting strangely when she had been playing with a three-year-old boy. Now, the boy fell and mm -hmm. injured himself very badly. They were playing in an 
air raid shelter. And uh, she's in the she's over in the UK, right? And okay. This was back, I think, in the 60s, mm-hmm. um, maybe even the 50s. Um, so they did have some air raid shelters that were abandoned and the kids would play in. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, he injured himself very badly and he ended up having to go to the hospital. But everybody thought that it was an accident. Nobody thought that 10-year-old Mary... <laughs> Could have done something. Could have done something. Right. She also attempted to choke uh, three little girls in the neighborhood. The parents of these little girls called the police, and the police went to Mary's house, but they left after they had given a very strict talking. Well, yeah, what are you going to say to a 10-year-old? That's That's what I was on. You're with me. There were no charges. It's not like she's 21 or even 17. Yeah. She was 10, and, and I can't say that I would have done anything differently. Yeah, I mean, maybe you would have been grounded to your room and I'd beat your butt. But I, I mean, mean, if I was a police officer. Yeah. Right? Like, if I was a mother, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. going to have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah, something else is going to happen. I'll beat you in the street. <laughs> Actually, it's like like a bitch in the street. Yeah, I will. I'm beat sorry. Beat you that's like right. a bitch in the, the street. street. My bad. I always get it backwards. <laughs> so, the day... <laughs> The day before her 11th birthday, she does strangle and kill a four-year-old boy in an abandoned house. Uh, Two months later, she, and of course this time a friend, she recruited a friend, (laughs) kill another uh, little boy, a three-year-old boy. Except this time Mary brought scissors and she mutilated his body with scissors. Oh my God. Cutting him, after she killed him, cutting him in the chest and stomach and then also severely mutilating his penis well you know why these kids are doing that i mean she was raped right well she was she's angry and all her anger is just it's she's got to release it kids have to have a way to to, she has no way to process yeah and learn to deal with stress and oh my god well and believe it or not well i'll this is what i think Mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of up and coming you know teenagers young adults and even adults i'll be honest with you until the last probably seven or eight years, it was difficult for me to process certain types oh, of absolutely. rage and anger. Yeah. I completely understand that if you're not taught how to do that at a young age, yeah. nope. it festers. Well, and it comes out emotionally. Well, she, now, and she's young. I mean, she's young yeah. here. So from whatever she had from the time she was born. Mm, it was and, a lot. Until the day that she started committing these murders. Mm-hmm. Oh God, that's so horrible. It's, it's terrible, and I'm not. I'm not condoning. I'm not trying to come up with excuses for you know, why, why she, she did, did what something. she did. Yeah. I'm just saying at that age. No, agreed. Now you know. Again, she's 11 years old. She's not smart enough to keep up these shenanigans for much longer, uh, and she is eventually arrested and convicted of manslaughter. And this happens in 1968. So at the age mm. of 23. The age of 23, she set God. free and allowed to change her name to start a new life. She also won a court order that allows her permanent protection, um, allows her identity to be permanently protected. Uh-huh. And um, also, they protected her daughter's name as well. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, and now, she's now a grandmother. So. Well, it, well, you know, it maybe she got help. I say help, but maybe she went away and she was like, this is better than yeah. having to live at my fucking house. And she realized what a real being in prison was better. Yes. Than being as that's what saying. I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. she was like, you know, I don't have to behave like this. I feel better now. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It sucks that. I mean, I killed somebody life. when I was 11. Well, yeah, I killed. You have to people. live with that for the rest of your life. Yeah. And, and I'm prison. sure the mothers, right. Yeah. Of those two boys. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think I watched a video, uh, a short clip on YouTube. Mm-hmm. One of the mothers who was like, 
they didn't care that she had done her time, that they didn't feel they were going to. And I, I can also understand that, you know, I hope that I never have to be in that situation. Well, God, I hope not either, but. Oh gosh. So this Mm. next guy, you guys, um, is, uh, I'm going to pronounce his last name because I feel like this is the only one that I can pronounce. Yeah, because I, I, I don't know how to pronounce his first name either. I, well, Maybe. you know what? I'll just say Asay. I'm going to say his name is Asay Sagawa. Now, I... Essie. Essie? Maybe? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Asai. Asai. I yeah. did the whole thing earlier where you, you know, speak. Yeah. The And it didn't... It, it said it, but I was like, that can't be right. <laughs> so, he... <laughs> so, Asai... Asai, Asai. Just say Sagawa. Sagawa. Sagawa is a, uh, was born in Japan, but living in France while he's going to college. Mm-hmm. Now, he's also known as the Kobe Cannibal. Now, this, you guys, this, this guy is, this is almost unreal. Like, it's almost hard to believe. Um, so Sagawa killed a Dutch student named Rene in 1981. So they were both students. He invites Renee over so they can they can study they can mm-hmm. have a discussion whatever it wasn't because she wanted to be murdered right. um, <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't on the list of options <laughs> but he essentially he lures her to his apartment in Paris um, basically he's like hey come and help me out be my study buddy he then shoots her in the back of the neck and he rapes her oh he cuts 15 pounds of flesh from her body. So gross. And he eats her. Oh! Now, for Sagawa, cannibalism had been a fantasy since he was a child. And in those fantasies, he would eat women in order to show how much he loved them. How? Now, this is in his head, right? So, I knew, but I mean, so what, to him, what happened in your life... That you wanted to show somebody how you love them by eating them. This is a guy that... The it, bad way. This is a guy. <laughs> I'm glad you clarified. I'm glad you clarified. <laughs> this is a guy that I'm going to put on our list to do a full podcast on. Because I there's just to, too yeah. many questions. I agree. There's too many questions about a lot of these, a lot of these guys. My point is... For but I need all to know the answer. I agree. I, I, I need to know what's going on too. But, but I wanted to bring to light that... I never thought there were this many people uh, yeah, out there. Walking and the so many. Earth. I had to I yeah. had to stop. I had like 13 other names on here, but I I, I couldn't get to all of them. So anyway, um, he stated later mm-hmm. that he was that as a child, even from a child, he was determined to eat someone before that passion died. He it was a passion of his, and he thought that it would die the older he got, and he wanted to eat somebody's flesh before he lost. How that weird died. that you were even thinking that it was gonna die. I mean, that's so. Oh, I God. I got nothing because it's not anything that I can. I've. If somebody said, hey, this is bison or pig or lamb, I'd say, okay, thank you. If somebody said, this is dog, cat, or horse, I'd go, ugh. But if somebody said, this is Jerry up the street, I'm not having anything to do with it, right? I don't want any Jerry up the street. This is, right? This is gross. No, thank you. I've never... Well, wait a minute. What if it's Paula next door? Paula, Jerry, John, Tom, Bob, Joe, Cindy, Crystal, Stacy, Leonard. I don't care. I don't want none of it. 
No. <laughs> but the fact that what kills me is that he thought, okay, this passion might die. Yes. When I get all two like, things. Two, and you guys, it gets even weirder. Okay, he had a passion for he, he had a fantasy that in his fantasy in his mind eating eating the women essentially it was about women eating mm. women was his way of instead of saying i love you was his way to show them that he loved them come here lady let me eat you yeah he wanted to make sure that well i can see how some women would be like oh okay but like, oh, wait, you. <laughs> wrong one <laughs> so he even <laughs> after renee's uh murder and and, you know rape and being dismembered and eaten Mm -hmm. he calmly stated to people around him that yeah i killed a student and i ate her (laughs) i'm sorry i don't mean to laugh but the fact that he's like yep i did that's what i did yep seems like this is an open shut case yeah right that's what you would say i would i I mean mean, in law and all of my law enforcement years that's what i would say (laughs) exactly (laughs) well you'd be wrong (laughs) We would all be wrong. Um, A French judge, because remember, this happened in France. A French judge ruled that he was too insane to stand trial. Okay, I want you guys to remember that. He's too insane to stand trial. Um, Mm. And he was deported back to Japan, which is, again, is where he was from. Well, he was committed to a mental health facility while he was in Japan. Okay. Now, for the French authorities... They were not able to turn over any case documents over to Japan. Um, and well, to I the, wonder. I, I don't know if there was a law, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure. This is, again, this is why I want to do yeah. it. Yeah. Because I feel like I could do, man, this guy would be yeah. great. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> so, but because they could not turn over any documents, mm-hmm. um, you know, the Japanese had no legal reason to keep him contained. That is so crazy. This meant that, this didn't mean that anyone else, this meant that he could legally and freely discharge himself from this asylum, this mental facility, and and walk out a free man. And that's exactly, you guys, that's exactly what he did. Now, I did not, I did do a quick search. I did not find anything Mm -hmm. to suggest that he had, he has done it again. Um, But again, that's a quick search. Now, to this day... The Kobe Cannibal, remember that's his that's his name, he's still free and he's become quite the cult icon and a bit of a celebrity in Japan. He's appeared on talk shows, he's appeared in um, exploitation movies, he's authored books, and he's contributed to some restaurant reviews to a local Japanese oh my. magazine called Spa. Interesting. Yeah, I I mean maybe he just wanted to eat somebody and be done. I mean he's had the one goal, he I achieved can't. it and he moved on. I just I can't. Yeah, so I had to I had to kind of layer these with with you know kind of gross to let's calm down to let's get gross again. Let's yeah, this, this is definitely a so, weird situation. So the next the next person that I want to go to is um, uh, someone from Nor. He's a Norwegian serial killer. Norwegian serial killer. Did I say that right? Yeah, Norwegian. Um, I was wondering what you were doing there. I felt like it. It did feel like it could roll right. off the tongue. Off His name is Arfin Nesset. Um, he worked as a nurse, and he killed 22 people. And he actually tried to ki- to kill more mm-hmm. during the 1980s. He would poison his victims with a, you know, being a nurse, right? He right. Would poison his victims with a muscle relaxer. 
which we all know <laughs> your muscles a <are> heart. <laughs> oh yeah. No, not gonna nothing's gonna happen if the blood can't bump. Now at the time, under Norwegian law, the maximum sentence for a prisoner was twenty one years. Mm-hmm. However, this guy only served twelve. He only got he killed 22 people, and he That's was going lot. to yeah. continue to kill more. And he was released under parole terms, and those terms have been ex- um, since expired, and is living under an assumed name somewhere in Norway. Wow, and I know you don't know this, but I wonder, did he kill people as a nurse? Like, you know. Yes. You mean in, in the hospital? In the hospital. Yes. So he was like one of those angel of death. Uh, yeah. It was. It was. People. Yeah. So he, um. Now, this guy didn't intrigue me too much other than, you know, yeah. I'm just like, it's still, it's 22 he people. He was been let out. Yeah. I, I wonder what his, I would like to know his reasoning for killing people, you know, because they always seem to have. What was his childhood like? Well, yeah. Because, you know, I've seen some. Were they mercy killings or? Well, that I don't know what I was thinking. And I don't know why I'm thinking this. Mm. I was thinking it was like attention seeking where you bring oh. them on the brink of death and you bring them back. But with a muscle relaxer, I don't know that yeah, you can no, do that. No. So, so yeah, definitely more research would need to be done on his on that one. Now, yeah. you guys, the next it's, it's I don't want to say a couple, but it's two. It's two people, Mitchell Johnson, and you may remember this, uh, Christy, Chrissy, Mitchell Johnson and Andrew Golden. Uh, not your typical serial killers, but these are two school shooters. So, mm-hmm. um, and they are the only U.S. school shooters who are not currently in prison. And so, I actually do remember this yeah. in 1988 they brought guns with them to a west side middle school in jonesboro arkansas jonesboro arkansas they killed four students and one teacher and they wounded Jeez. 10 others now since they were minors at the time johnson was 13 and golden was 11 Mm-mm. you guys that you know <laughs> i cannot see my child walking into a school blowing it up i just i can't and not and, and fully understanding the consequences of that. You know, these they these are children. They're children. Yeah. They're they're children killing children. Yeah. I, it's um they were both imprisoned until they were twenty one. Mm-hmm. Mitchell Johnson is currently alive and he's free while Golden um died in a car crash in twenty nineteen. And Karma. Yeah. Yeah. Karma's I was a bitch. Yeah. Now y- you guys, this this guy, next guy, is is gross. I'm going to just call him by his first name, Nikolai. Now. <laughs> oh, how would you even pronounce his last name? I'm not even going to. It's a even. lot of letters, people, and it ends in a leave. <laughs> it does. In a leave. I, I don't even know how this, you know, this, it's, a, it's an area that's located, it's close to Russia, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's probably... I, I'm assuming Russian is, is what his nationality is. Yeah, definitely. Oh, it's definitely Russian. Nikolai is a necrophiliac and cannibalistic serial killer, and he was also known as Metal Fang. Oh my god, that sounds like a horror movie. It, it's it's yeah, and in his whole like you could make a film. Yeah, a, a tr- like Rob Zombie needs to get on this. <laughs> okay, <laughs> he is from. Um, Kazakh is the only way I know how to pronounce it. Again, that's located Central Asia, Asia close to Russia. Mm-hmm. His first murder took place in January of 1979. He meticulously planned it. Mm-hmm. Um, he chose a Seventh-day Adventist woman who was walking alone. I'm assuming from, on her way home from work. Right? Yeah, her church. Yeah. Um, he approached her from behind. He drug her to the side of the road, like 
off to a little alley. Yeah. Slashed her throat while he was raping her. Drank her blood Ugh. as she was dying Ooh. and as it was flowing from her body. Um, and then he played with and he stretched out the wound. Ew, of gross. Yeah. He's not done. I can hear a lot of crap, but that is just disgusting. Uh, and this like, this guy, what? there's a couple of them that are like truly insane. Oh, no doubt. He undressed the body. He played Ew. with her body. He cuts her breasts off. He mm-hmm. cuts out her organs, some of her organs. Oh. He cuts other pieces and parts. Um, he really dug into the hip areas and the legs. And and he pulls out pieces of her body, her organs, her breasts. Uh-huh. And he puts them in his backpack and he goes home. Holy shit. He had to have had like a, a killer knife to do all this. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, he, like, well, so this is what I'm saying. He planned it. He brought everything yeah. that he, he knew. He had a whole that's what That's what his whole thing bag, was for. He, yeah. And he even, um, he even knew the... I don't know that he knew this was the woman that he wanted. Yeah. He knew there was a type of woman that oh, he wanted. Oh, okay. Gotcha. But over the next several weeks, he cooks her and he eats Ugh. her. God. Um, he would go on to murder five more women over the next six months. Shortly after that, he got into a drunken fight and he shoots and he kills a friend. Oh, God. Now, the police were unaware of the women that he had previously killed, but he is found not guilty of murdering his friend by reason of insanity. Oh, okay, so they really did find him crazy. Oh, he, he truly is nuts. Yeah, okay. And, and this is another guy that I think that... <laughs> Yeah, I, can, I need to dig into him some more. Him and Pedro? Yeah. They're pretty much on the... They're all on the yeah. same list. Yeah. Um, once he's released, he very quickly goes back to murdering, raping, dismembering, and eating women. And when I say quickly, within three three to five days, he just... I, I mean, that's got to be an urge right yeah. now. Oh, definitely. That's, that's some demons that I never want to have to deal with. Uh, three more women, to be exact, um, is, is basically what... Uh, is the number of women that he kills Killed. next. And this time... He decides to serve them up to unsuspecting friends. Oh, no. So. Oh, God. You just had Jane up the street in your burger. (laughs) You've had a Jane burger. What the fuck? Jane Doe burger. (laughs) That's awful. So so now he's killed four women. Okay. Mm -hmm. He's attacked them. He's killed them. He's dismembered them. He's, um, serving them to his friends and family. I'm assuming they cook out. Now his last victim is actually a friend of his, a female friend of his, and he begins dismembering her in his house. Now in a room that's next to where he has two other guests Staying. So two de- guests are staying in a room next to the one that he's dismembering. He is this woman dismembering. In. Oh my yeah. God. And they witness, like they, they don't witness the whole thing because okay. they're, they're not there to watch the whole thing, but they see what he's doing. They witness a portion of it and they haul ass. Now they, <laughs> Nikolai, Nikolai didn't even notice that, right? And uh, he didn't notice his people were hauling ass out right. the door. They were like, oh, um, I can. I can't oh. imagine what that's like. I just can't imagine. Hey, Carrie. Like. Oh, uh, continue. Continue. I'm sorry. Let me have to help you right now. I need to run up and get uh, milk. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I don't smoke, but I'm going to go get some cigarettes. I'm going to get a pack of Newport and I'm going to smoke them. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, of course they, like anyone would, right? Like you're not going to mm-hmm. jump in. Like, let me help you there, bud. No. So they no. take off. They yeah, You don't ass. say, um, do you need some help? <laughs> <laughs> Glad it's not me. <laughs> I mean, what? So... 
when the police get there, they actually witness Nikolai still hacking up this woman's corpse. Oh my God. He's naked. He's covered in her blood. And it was said that the police were so shocked and disgusted that Nikolai fled and was able to escape without incident Still armed with the axe. So here, oh, let me break that down a little bit for you guys, <laughs> right? Naked. So, so there's a the, the police walk in, yeah, to a man still chopping up a woman, and they they can't do. They're frozen with like, what the fuck? Is I wouldn't happening? know. What do you do? I don't even know. I would like to think I'd shoot him in the head. I was gonna say I'd probably draw my gun and be like, but I don't know in this at this time in this area if police can have guns or all they. That's I true. mean, if they can only have what's that battalion? Battalion? What's that little? Yeah, it's a stick. The yeah, stick, the battalion. Right? Battalion. That's yeah, it. I don't know. I might let him keep doing it because you know, let's let him go and then we'll catch him <laughs> on the flip side. <laughs> he's got he's got a four foot axe. I don't know. <laughs> but if I had a gun, I'd like to think I'd shoot that fucker. Shit, yeah, I'd shoot him in the leg. Yeah. Now, he was arrested the next day while at a cousin's house. And he confesses. <laughs> He's just at his cousin's. Right. He runs. Well, that's what he does. He runs to his cousin's house next. Oh, okay. Because that's, now it's fucking cold as God knows what, like a witch's titty over there, right? Shit, so, yeah, it is. And he's naked. <laughs> Blood's probably frozen all over to him. Right. <laughs> And he claims that they were prostitutes. He wants to rid the world of them. Nobody's going to miss him anyway, which is a cop-out. Absolutely. Because these are human beings. Sure. He was again found insane. The court indicated that he should be sent to a mental clinic where he would receive treatment. So, yeah. He he didn't go to prison. He probably would have killed everybody and eaten everybody there. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. In 1989, he escapes during a transport. So they're transporting him, mm-hmm. and he runs and hides in the mountains of the Soviet Union. And it was another two years, you guys. Two years? It was another two years before he would turn himself in under a false name um, for other petty crimes. And he does this because he's he's out in the woods, he's out in the mountains, he's freezing to death, he's yeah. trying to make it work. Um, and he's tired of being on the run. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that people, most, I think, I've seen some that would be on the lam for forever. Yeah. But a lot of people just get tired of running and tired of hiding. Oh, definitely. And I get the sense that he really didn't have the mental capacity to think through what he needed to do next. Clearly, uh, The police are able to see through his... You know, his fake alias, his alias and his fake name, which I know are the same thing. And he's committed to yet another institution. After the fall of USSR, the hospital declares him sane. Of course. And tries to send him back to his hometown repeatedly. They don't, want him, they don't want him anymore. Yeah, get the fuck out. But they're like, nah, no, I don't think you understand how crazy this dude is. Mm-hmm. They don't accept him. So they go back and forth. We don't want him. We don't want him. Right, We don't right. want him. And by the way, now he's okay. He's sane. I know. That doesn't even... They just wanted him out of their yep. facility. <clears throat> get yep. the hell out. Because of the, the, the after the fall, fall of the USSR, yep. they were... You know, they're like, hey, we, we don't want to be responsible for this bullshit anymore. Definitely. Um, and again, they you know, his hometown's not going to accept him because he's dangerous. Wow. Um, they eventually move him to a very high security mental clinic. And he is still there today. And mm-hmm. it is said that he has a, a job at that clinic as a, a handyman. Really? At the mental facility. And he supposedly... Now, my guess is he's heavily, <laughs> heavily medicated. Wow. I wouldn't give him a fucking hammer, though. I, 
<laughs> I'm just saying. I read that like, I no, I don't know. I don't care how many drugs you're on unless you no. If I knew a smidge. Now, he's not a bad looking guy. I gotta be honest with you. Really? I didn't think, now I'm not gonna say I would like date him or anything, but I, <laughs> he wasn't like. He wasn't hideous. He wasn't hideous. I mean, like, if he was a smooth talker, I could be like, okay, maybe we could, maybe we go on a date. But he wasn't a gross looking guy. Right. At that time. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, know what it looks like now. Interesting but. that they called him Metal Fang. Like, What's the metal? The axe. The axe. Oh, oh, duh. Okay. The axe, and then and then he sliced the woman's throat. Yeah. And okay. He, and he drinks, drinks her the blood. blood as, yeah. Okay. He's raping her. He sli- slices oh, her God. throat, and That's... he's like, li- "Could you imagine <gasps> no, that?" No, I can't. Like, I'm dying. This is legit. Really, this is how it ends. This is how it ends. You oh. you're thinking you're like, "Fuck," but you know what? Fuck. That's gonna be a great story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that is all for Nikolai. But again, Nikolai deserves his own podcast. Mm. Now, you guys, I'm going to talk about uh, my next oh, my next serial awful. killer is David uh, McGreevy. And he, I'm going to give you trigger warnings throughout this because my eyes teared up when I was putting this together. It was mm. just, it's just disgusting. Um, in 1973, David murdered his friend's three young children. And over 40 years later, about 45 years later, he's released from prison. So I'm definitely going to ask the question at the end, Chrissy, like, what do you think? Because I, man, this is just, this is gruesome. Um, down, down on his luck, David. Down on his luck. There's a lot of those. There. Thank you. <laughs> there are. We're going to call him Double D. Double D. <laughs> down on his luck, David was kicked out of his parents' house and moved in with a friend of his and his friend's wife. Now, uh, this couple, they were married and they had three young children. And when I say three young children, I mean four years old, two years old. And yeah, they were little, little. Yeah. So they take pity on David. Um, Clive and Elsie were like many other families during that time. They were both parents. They had three small children trying to make ends meet. Um, And they let David move in. And of course, David did pay some rent, but he also watched the kids for them. Oh. Which was, I I can tell you, is extremely helpful. Heck yeah. As you know as well, having Mm -hmm. somebody to watch your kids. God, yes. Now, friends and witnesses would say later that David treated the kids really well. He seemed to enjoy spending time with them. He was very nice with them. Um, And he treated them like they were his own. Now, he Mm -hmm. did not have kids. Now, in April of 1973, Friday the 13th, no less. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. David visits a pub and drinks heavily. He gets into an altercation after he tosses his cigarette into a friend's beer. Um, mm-hmm. They, of course, scuffle a little bit. And, I mean, honestly, I would probably be frustrated oh, if somebody I, put yeah. their cigarette out in my beer. No doubt. After that, it was pretty uneventful. It's an altercation, right? Nobody mm-hmm. dies. Sure. Um, but after that, he goes home to watch the three kids so his buddy Clive can go pick Elsie up from work. She worked at another local bar in the area, and oftentimes Clive would go up there a little early, stay to help her close so she could you know, hurry up and get out of there. Mm-hmm. Now, on that night, Clive and Elsie cleaned the Punch Bowl Tavern. They closed it down. They decided to have one more drink at the bar, and then they head home shortly after that. They get home just before midnight, and when they get there, the police were already there. 
Ugh. Now, I'm going to say it again, trigger warning, you guys, and Chrissy can attest to this. Yeah. Just just turn it off. If it's you, pretty bad. It's just disgusting. So shortly after David was left alone with the kids, the nine-month-old started crying for her bottle. And, you know, for unknown reasons, this infuriated David. And instead of getting her a bottle, he grabs the baby and swings her like a bat into the wall several times and very, very hard. Um, she hit the wall so hard and she hit the wall so many times that her skull shattered. That is horrible. That's a nine-year-old baby. Nine month. Nine, oh, I'm nine-year-old. You know what I meant. Oh, yeah. But it's, it's, <laughs> it's nine-month-old baby. <clears throat> God. He then picks up a razor blade and he cuts the two-year-old's throat. And then he strangles the four-year-old with a piece of wire. Now, and if you think, thank God it's over, it is not even anywhere near Mm -mm, over. mm -mm. Um, Put your helmets on. This gets worse. The most gruesome part of this um, hasn't even been shared yet. So the most horrifying part was that after David killed these three beautiful, innocent babies, and I did, like, they were just so adorable, Mm -hmm. he carries them all out to the neighbor's garden, and he impels them Ugh. on a spiked gate. I, I'm i sorry. That is... One, he's had to, he'd have to have, like, a lot of strength to do that. Two, like, what would even possess you? And Because I feel like if you're really, really drunk, let, let's just... You know, I mean, how I've would you really even drunk, manage? Anybody. <laughs> I can't. Knock on wood. I know, but I mean, I'm. I have. If you're really that that drunk, you're not walking right. Right. You I, know what I mean. I have. I have. I. How even, is, even in my mind, I'm like, uh, how can you be? Now I. I mean, how can you be so drunk that you? That you killed those three small yeah, children I in just, that way, no. and then you're like, "Not, nope, not done." I yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't even, I can't even. It's 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 incomprehensible. Well, one hundred percent correct. And as you can imagine, this made police and any witnesses physically ill. He was arrested the next day, denying any knowledge of the crimes. He basically said, "I don't know, don't know what happened." However, Bullshit. two days later. He would make a full confession, breaking down, saying, quote, it was all too bloody gruesome. It was me, but it was not me. How could I do it? End quote. Mm. Well, I'm sure you feel that way now. But if you are yeah. so angry that you kill children, I mean, you, you've, you can't blame it on being drunk. It's just. I don't feel like no. that's just an excuse uh-uh. at that point. And you knew what you were doing. Maybe, maybe you lost control for a moment, but then you realize, like, oh, I gotta stop. Well, or maybe thank he said, you. Ah, screw it. I'm in it now. Let it me just- takes time to kill three kids. So oh, God. Yeah. even if you had killed the first one because you snapped. Do you don't do you don't kill the you other two, you don't right? Keep going. And it's not like, oh well, there's witnesses. They're two. And yeah. Four. No, right. Ugh. Ugh. Um so when the police asked about a motive, he only said that Samantha, which was the baby, was crying. That's all he said. He ends up pleading guilty, and he's sentenced to life with a minimum of 20 years. I, I don't know how he was not I, I don't know how to death, this man is a free man today, but let's... Oh, God. 
So now David was frequently, as he should be, Mm -hmm. frequently targeted by other prisoners and spent a majority of his time under protection and in solitary confinement because he... They should have let him on him. Oh, God, right? Um, And there was a lot of backlash in 2006 when he was transferred to an open prison or a hostel in Mm. Liverpool. After the news got out to the public, he was transferred back to a closed prison. So they... They Good. they weren't having it, right? This was an attempt to try to release him slowly back into society. And there were actually quite a few of these attempts. I was attempts just going to say, year. people were like, fuck no, keep this man in jail. Well, this was actually something, this was like one of the most horrific things. that, And it is, I don't care where you are, it would have been the most horrific thing. But mm-hmm. people... People did not forget this. I, how Clearly. could you? I, I don't. I don't even. I, there's no way. Makes you want. You can't trust any even close friends. That's why I tell yourself. That's why. That's why. I tell, that's why I say, don't, God. don't let people near, near your children like that. I don't care how you think yeah. you know somebody. You don't. Yeah. It, it's just it, the risk is too much. The risk is too high. Mm-mm. In 2016, it was announced that he could potentially be released from prison. And this struck fear and anger in the community. Clive's cousin, so Clive was the father, Mm -hmm. told the media even after all this time, the events were still fresh for everyone in that community. And everyone believed he did not deserve freedom even after his sentence. Mm. However, in 2018, David was cleared for release. I don't, I just don't understand Elsie would say, this was the the mother, um, and I quote, what this animal did to my children was every bit as bad as the Moore's murder. Mm -hmm. And we know what those are. Yeah. But Ian Brady and Myra Henley never left prison before they died. So why the hell should he? Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. He put my babies on spikes, for God's sakes. He mutilated them, and they died in agony. And they they did. I mean... Mm -hmm. I can't imagine. End quote. She said that she had also been reassured by the prosecution Mm -hmm. that David would never see the light of day, but, and I'm quoting now, but despite begging them to keep him locked up, I have now been betrayed. And I'm just like, it's just, it's, it's just sad. It is sad. It's just terrible. I, I don't care. (laughs) I don't, I don't know really, but a car wreck, murdered like that i just yeah baffling to me it's completely baffling to me i still want to know what happened well yeah and he's not being there's something missing there there's something he's another one that deserves his own podcast that's the Mm -hmm. only thing he deserves david spent a total of 45 years in prison and changed considerably the parole board wrote that he developed self-control and a considerable understanding of the problems he had and what had caused them. Mm-hmm. A psychologist stated that there were a number of factors that made him less likely to reoffend in the future. In 2019, he was released from prison under very strict conditions, including a curfew and a tag, so which would be like an ankle bracelet, yeah. and is completely banned from the area uh, where Clive and Elsie lives today. And as far as we know, he has has He's not, not reoffended. And so my question is, like should he have been left out, let out? I mean, he he did he did serve more than his term, but yeah. he should have gotten more. Well, yeah, I guess that's the thing. It's, you know, he did his time and he paid his debt to society, but I think what 
I feel like is that debt was not great enough. It wasn't. It absolutely wasn't. I personally think he, regardless, I, I, you know, we all, most people in prison are because they can't control themselves. You know, you could not control yourself from, you know, stealing something. You couldn't control yourself from, you know, selling drugs or whatever. I mean, it's, it's, uh, and so I, I feel like just because you have the excuse of I was drunk and lost control because I have just horrible anger is, I'm sorry, you may have problems, but you know right from wrong. That is the bottom line. You know right from wrong. Yeah. And you knew it when you did it. Yeah. It deserves and he didn't, a death sentence. Yeah, and he didn't in any way try to try to hide this or cover no. this up. No. And so that, too, to me is baffling. Why didn't you just... Because he's fucked up. I'm sorry. Try, but then now he's released. And I, and if he were my neighbor, I'd, I'd start a petition. He would die in his sleep, I'm just going to yeah, say. I agree. Agree. I'm not saying it's gonna be he'd me. Get some, but... He'd get some some nice little treats on his doorstep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, welcome to the neighborhood. Super oh, glad you're here. What the hell? Why is he dead? <laughs> I don't know what happened. No, that I was no idea. Camera. <laughs> so the next person that I want to talk about is Jack Unterweger. Unterweger. Yes. So he charmed his way out of prison to go on a transcontinental <laughs> killing spree. Yeah. Uh, say those three. I've never heard those three words put yeah, together. No. Um, he was a, he, a writer, right? He enjoyed writing plays. He enjoyed writing children's books, magazine <laughs> articles, poems, and in his spare time, killing and murdering prostitutes. <laughs> What's your hobby? <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't like to talk about it. But. Um, AKA the Vienna Woods Killer. Oh. Uh, he was sent to prison in December of 1974 for murdering Margaret Schaefer who was an 18-year-old prostitute. Several days after her disappearance, hunters found her naked body in the woods. She had been beaten, and she had been strangled by her own bra. Mm. Now, police were able to connect Jack with this incident, this murder, Mm -hmm. through uh, his girlfriend's confession. She admitted to police that she actually had helped him abduct Margaret. Oh. He was a 24-year-old... Um, he was 24 years old when he was arrested for her murder. Okay, so he's okay. 24. He's already murdered okay. one girl. And his okay. girlfriend actually helped. You know, helped. Right. Now, at his trial, he blamed the murder of Margaret on his mother, Teresa. What? <laughs> so in August of 1950, he was born to a woman who had a fling with an American soldier in Italy. Okay. Some said she was a waitress... Some said she was a prostitute. Oh, Lord. Yeah, here we go. And her father would say, now, his mother's, his grandfather. Okay. Her father would say to Jack that she was a tramp with no time for you. Oh, right. Okay. Your mom's a tramp and she's got no time for you. Nice. Okay, I get it. That's That sucks, but... Yeah. I mean, that's... That's Let's go back to Pedro. I was going to say, there's no reason to, yeah, kill people because of that. Right, right. When Jack was a toddler, his mother was arrested and sent to jail. Jack, at that time, was sent to live with his grandfather in a cramped cottage in the Alps. No, I just want to say, I don't care how small your cottage is. You're in the Alps. I, yeah, I was going to say, I'm I mean, sure like, your view isn't beautiful. Really? Would you like some tears Wait. You lived in the Alps with your grandpa? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> 
Jack describes his grandfather as a violent, a violent alcoholic. Still, you're in the Alps. I'm saying. <laughs> quote, his fists were my teacher and I was a good listener. End quote. That to me just sounds so pathetic. Yeah, give me that. My grandpa's like, fists were a teacher and, and I was a good listener. Shut up. Yeah, no. Hippie douchebag. Uh, by his teens, he had a long criminal record, you know, because he lived in the Alps in a little cottage. <laughs> by, his teens, by his teens, he had a long criminal record, including an arrest for assaulting a prostitute. At his trial for the murder of Margaret, he claimed that she sent him into a rage because she reminded him of his mother. Oh, God. So that was his excuse That's a long her. way getting to it's somebody's fault. That's I'm- a stretch. Good Lord. But his his story is is interesting. Um, He, at the time, really, he's Mm -hmm. barely literate. He's sentenced to life in prison. And while he's there, he makes really good use of his time as an inmate. Um, He uses the rehabilitation rehabilitation services that they offer in prison. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's actually where he learned to read. He learns to write. And he learns to put words together. And he's really good at it. Oh. So much so that in the early 80s, he publishes a book from prison called Purgatory or the Trip to Jail. Interesting. Report of a Guilty Man. This book became a bestseller. Really? And was made into a movie. Yes, ma'am. And it, of course, had a ton of followers and Mm -hmm. had a ton of fans. He became so popular that he began giving readings of his work from jail. Nice. Of course, the, you know... the cafe intellectuals, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So the cafe intellectuals thought that he could be saved and that he deserved Ugh. a second chance. He deserved freedom. No. He claimed that writing the book released him from his demons and he no longer recognized himself as the killer that he once was. So writing this book released all right. of my demons. Okay. And he's made him all better. Yeah, exactly. He's all he's all good now. He's oh, good. no. See, the problem... No. Mm-mm. He's fucked up. I can tell you already. He's got mama issues, which, therefore, he's not going to get rid of. He's going to stay a killer. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I'm just saying. He was really used as an example. This would be a huge rehabilitate. This would be huge, right? Being right. able to rehabilitate a murderer. Mm-hmm. That that would be huge. Absolutely. Right? I think that would be huge. Yeah. The hope that criminals, no matter how violent, could be returned as productive members of society. No, that, no, no. I mean, this is the flowers for Algernon moment. I get it, right? You're dumb. But it, <laughs> you became smart. No, you're going back dumb. I'm sorry. It just it doesn't, it doesn't work that way, but guys. About, but it doesn't. You're 100% correct. I'm just saying. But imagine how groundbreaking. That would be like curing cancer. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Uh, however, but it's <laughs> on, we do realize what this podcast is about, right? <laughs> yeah. So on May 23rd, 1990, Jack walked right out of prison mm-hmm. and into a life of an of a star. Like he was living. I don't think I would screw this up. Like yeah. to me, this is the golden ticket right sure. here. Yeah. Um, he made he walked out of prison making great money. He had media following him. He was able to buy nice cars. He was able to stay in expensive hotel rooms. Mm-hmm. I'm not kidding you when I say he he had it all. He had a play called Scream of Fear. He went on tour. He appear, appeared on talk shows. He was wearing, I don't get this, but I'm I'm writing it here because I made a point to say it, white silk suits to interviews, which I don't like silk to wear. Well, I mean, on, it's the so. 70s, early 80s. You're still <laughs> wearing like, like, like Miami Vice. Yeah, you're totally <laughs> looking the, the 80s part. However, by next spring, uh, 
missing prostitutes would begin coming up dead. <gasps> no. Joey <laughs> is not so. So seven were murdered by strangulation Ugh. from their bra or other... Uh, Don't you garments. think he could have been like, okay, what should Let's I change? Change something? it up a little bit. Let me do a tie. Hey, remember <laughs> my, I remember my old mo, my old you know, right. I, I lost those. Well, go look at that book. Oh, idiot! That's where he fucked up right there. Now, it gets, <laughs> men, I'm gonna read like you guys. Men are God bless you. God bless, bless your heart. Bless so he started to broadcast journalism, and he interviewed the police chief. And answered many questions on his show. He would later state that he, that the police chief would Mm -hmm. later state, later state that he never made a connection between the polite questions that he was being asked of the, by the murderer. Um, and he said it was his wife who was actually like, yo, do you, do you know who it is that you're interviewing? (laughs) Right, right, right. Because the police chief literally had no no clue. clue. Wow. So by the time he had figured it out, by the time they put him under surveillance because of the women that were yeah. missing again, Jack was deuces. He's out. I'm going to L.A. No, so he comes to the yeah. United States. Yeah. And there he would, you know, kind of pseudo somebody do the same thing. He would tell police officer that he police officers that he was researching local crimes and he convinced them to allow him uh, to go on ride alongs. Then gaining a lay, the police didn't know that he was using them to like, hey, right, clearly. show me around. Well, now yeah. he's got a lay of the land. The police are basically taking him all over. Right. And they take him through the red light district. Of and, course. And of course, we all know the red light district is where the prostitutes, right? The, mm-hmm. It's like, what is that? Like Skid Row or something? Yeah, it's all oh, crap. Yeah, it's Skid Row. Well, he begins killing prostitutes again. Oh, nice. Um, when he started to feel that uh, there was heat, Coming from the L.A. police, oh, okay. he heads back to Austria. Oh, God. Now, by this time, he was a suspect in crimes that occurred before he left. He was also identified as a suspect in Los Angeles, as well as being identified as a suspect in Prague. So he's, he's making his rounds. Yeah, he's all, he's over, all the over the place. He ends up going into hiding with his then 18-year-old girl. Oh, how old was he then? I can't I think he was in his 30s. Okay. At that time. Okay. Um, To be honest with you, but he was still. 18 to me is like. That's child. You're on the cusp of a child. Yeah, that's a child. So um, police are on his tail. Like they're they're close, but they're still missing him. The tr- um, they trace his route <laughs> from Switzerland to Paris, then back to the United States, and then they end up catching him in Miami in 1992. Mm-hmm. While there was little physical evidence on some of these murders, they did have enough to connect him to several of the murders. Mm-hmm. In June of 1994, after a two-month-long trial... He's found guilty of murdering nine women and was sentenced yet again to life behind bars. Nice. Um, Hours after his arrest, he hung himself using the drawstring of his jogging pants. Good. I mean, there's no love lost there. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't care. I mean, he just did what he he should have done. Yeah, exactly. Or somebody should have done. Destroy yourself. You know, the first time. Agreed. So next, I'm going to talk about Charlene Gallego. 
Charlene. Charlene and Gerald, which was her husband, Gallego, mm-hmm. kidnapped, sexually assaulted, and murdered 10 women in the Sacramento, California area in the late 1970s. So when Charlene and Ger- Gerald met, it was an insane love at first sight connection. And they both. You're not bonding over coffee or your love of coloring or whatever. They bonded over their appetite for rough sex. So it sounds like, you know, that's the, you know, Carla Homoka and Paul Bernardo. Yep. Because, like, within hours, they were screwing in her right, in hotel front of, room. In front of friends, friends or friends, something, right? yeah. Yep. Exactly. It reminded me a, a lot. Like, their, their story. Yeah. Did, and, I, and I completely shortened it, but um, very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, they would start an extremely sick kidnapping. Here we go, right? Yeah. Spree by luring young teen females into a van. Um, they would bind them, they would torture them, and uh, then they'd end up killing them. And they'd end up um, dumping or burying the body somewhere. Mm. They were eventually caught when they got bold, right? Just like a lot of these other serial killers do, mm-hmm. or these sick fucks do. Um, they ended up abducting two people from a frat party. Now, it was a male and a female. Now, the okay. brother of the male that they had shoved in the car witnessed this abduction. Oh, okay, okay. And, and noticed that, hey, that's my brother and his girlfriend, and this guy's got a gun, and they're pushing him. And oh, then they, okay. And then they flee. Like, it's very obvious sure. that there's something going on. He's a quick thinker, and he gets the tag. And oh, what good. he does in, this, you know, in, the, in the 70s, early, late 70s, early 80s, is he contacts the owner of those tags. And the owner of those tags was Charlene's father. Oh, wow. So eventually, they figure out, okay, something's not right. They're right. talking. They get the police involved. Gerald is ID'd by a mugshot um, by the brother of the, you know, the guy. Yeah, yeah. The, so yeah. he goes in, he IDs them. Okay. Um, but by the time the police put two and two together, they've got a name, they've got an address, they got what they need, uh, they've fled. They are gone. They've gone across state lines. Of course, now, hey, we're going to get the FBI involved. Um, and mm-hmm. eventually they are caught when Charlene, who was very pregnant, like she was like, she looked very pregnant. Really? Um, but yeah. she's out kidnapping people. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, she goes to a Western Union to try to pick up money, supposedly, that her parents wired for her. Oh, okay. Yeah. And the there was a team of people there waiting to arrest her. Now, she pleads guilty, but works out a just like... Right? Uh, Carla? Yep. She pleads guilty, but works out a deal to save her ass. And so she, she mm-hmm. basically turns against... Gerald and she ends up receiving only a 16 year prison sentence. She delivers her baby behind bars, which the whole thing would be hard, right? Oh, I'm sure. Emotional, you know, before and then for so long after. After, yep. Um, While Gerald received the death penalty, but Mm. he ended up dying of cancer in prison before he was able to be put to death. Mm. Now, Charlene did say during an interview, this was after her release, and I'm quoting here. Yeah. And I hope. This never goes away until the day she dies. She says, quote, I see the murders every day. I always see it. It never goes away. There isn't one more than the other. They're all horrible, horrible memories. Every single one. Yeah, good. I hope, I'm sure that's for most people who I, I end up maybe developing a conscience. I, you know, like the Nikolai. 
or yeah. Jack. Like I, I don't know that those guys. Yeah, because they're they're it's, demented. They don't have a conscience. <laughs> but she 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 was one, and I know I didn't get yeah. into a lot, but she was seemed to be very persuaded. Yeah. The one thing that I didn't find with her was that, like your girl Carla was sick. Yeah, she woo. I don't know she that was. Charlene was of that same yeah. mentality. You know, same yeah. sickness. Um. So this is a this is a pretty short one, you guys. I want to talk about Jimmy Lee Gray. So this just got me because of his mother. <laughs> so, of course. No tears were spilled in uh, in September of 1983 when Jimmy Lee Gray was gassed in Mississippi. Um, this was literally in the gas chamber. <laughs> the right? gas chamber. Yeah. Not even his mother cried. She had even written to the governor, um, Governor Rinter, and the Supreme Court, pleading. Uh, that Jimmy not be spared a stay and that he deserved to die. That's pretty harsh. It is. In 1968, and I, I get it, right? Because this this is all bad, but mm-hmm. when we involve tots, yeah, it's gross. Agreed. In 1968, he murdered his 16-year-old girlfriend. He ended up serving seven years in Arizona and was paroled um, um, over the objection of the judge that actually sent him there. So oh, the wow. judge was like, no, we don't need to let him go. But the parole board said, eh, let's give it a go. Yeah, let's, what are we going to lose? Yeah, right. Um, he wasn't out long before he kidnapped, raped, and murdered a three-year-old little girl. What the fuck? Yeah. Oh, God, help me. That's just that's disgusting. That is absolutely disgusting. So that's you guys, awful. I've got one more, and then and then this is going to be my last one. I want to talk about Kenneth McDuff. And I keep thinking about the McDuff beer from The Simpsons. Oh, nice. <laughs> like, I just... Can't get it out of your head. I can't. Anyway, I'll, I'll call him Ken. Um, prior to these murders, you know, he, he did commit several petty crimes. Uh, but Kenneth... Ken. Ken was convicted in 1966 of murdering three teenagers who were visiting California. They were all strangers who were abducted once. Ken noticed the female of the group, who was a 16-year-old uh, girl named Edna. He, repeated, he repeatedly raped her and eventually broke her neck with a broomstick. Oh, God. And, <clears throat> which, you know, he did kind of get dubbed the broomstick killer, or these I'm were sure. called the broomstick murders. Mm-hmm. He receives the death sentence for these crimes, but he's released after 13 years. So basically what happened was the death sentence was commuted to life sentence. Okay. Now this time he's like, oh man, this is my chance. I got to get out of here. He hires an attorney and Ken actually demands his attorney to bribe uh, the board members. So these would be the board members that would make the decision uh, on the the parole board. board. Right. Okay. Basically, he wants to secure a favorable decision during his parole sentence. Now, he ends up getting caught, and he ends up getting, you know, fined and right. another two-year sentence. So after that, mm-hmm. the board still says, eh, I still think he can be a productive what the member fuck? of even, society. Even though he's caught. Even though he murdered. Trying to, right, he murdered somebody, and then he's trying to bribe the parole board. Yep. And I I don't understand. Yeah, sure, he's great. Let him go. I I I don't understand. I've got nothing. And I but once once going through this, I think they were they may have been paid. And it'll come to yeah. Well, I, I was think, gonna yeah. Okay. Um, and and that'll come. I don't know for sure. Um, <clears throat> 
Nonetheless, like I said, the parole board decided that he could still contribute to society, and they decided to grant his parole, and in 1989, he was released. Now, after his release, he got a job at a gas station making $4 an hour while taking classes at a local tech college in Waco, Texas. Sounds... Mm -hmm. Pretty good, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. However, it's widely speculated that he also began killing again within three days of his release. Good Lord. Yeah. And and they started to speculate this because within a week or so, they find a 31-year-old woman um, within a 50-mile radius of where, where he's, he's living. living. Right. Yeah. Yep. And with the same... You know, this the same things MO. that happened to her happened to the other. Yeah, yeah, no, that tracks. Yeah. Now he wasn't charged with this crime, but he did return to prison. He did return to prison for a parole violation um, because he was making death threats to a local African American youth. Oh so, God! Um, again, that breaks your parole, and right back to yeah. prison he goes. Now right. this time, and this is why I think uh, the parole board may have been paid okay but now this time his mother named addie mm -hmm. paid money to two attorneys in return for their evaluation that her son um is a prospect for release so he says yeah so it's it's shady yeah sounds like it a little in bit. december of 1990 he's released again 10 months later he picks up a prostitute Ugh. slash drug addict named brenda he ties her up he drives away while he's driving away, he runs into a traffic check. Now, we all know traffic checks just pop up. Oh, right? yeah. It's not like you plan them. Um, he stops just uh, 50 feet or so in front of the traffic mm -hmm. stop, and a police officer starts to walk to the car. Well, as the police officer is walking to the car, Brenda, who's tied up, begins violently kicking the windshield, oh. trying to get the hell out of there. Yeah. And she ends up cracking it. Good. <clears throat> Ken hits the gas. Oh, Drives through the traffic check. Cops are scattering like roaches, right? No doubt. <laughs> they have to jump in order to avoid being hit. And then, of course, a chase ensues. They hop in the car. They chase him. But Ken is able to escape capture by turning his headlights off, and he turns down a one-way street. Oh, no. He then, Yeah, it's not good. He then parks his truck. In a, this is a risk, right? You mm -hmm. got to evaluate your risk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't going to be good for her either way, right? No, no. Um, he then finds a, a private wooded lot, and he he just tortures Brenda to death. He doesn't he doesn't beat her. He doesn't. He just tortures, tortures the her shit to out death. of her. And I mm -hmm. can't imagine how long that. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. And her body, you guys, her body would not be discovered until 1998. Oh my God! So it's like 90 yeah. or 91, if you know, yeah. worst case. It's 91. Mm -hmm. What the fuck? Five days after that murder, Ken and a 17-year-old prostitute named Regina were having an argument at a Waco motel. Shortly after that, they take a drive to a remote wooded lot where Regina's arms and legs are tied with a stocking before Ken kills her. She would be missing for another seven or so years, and her body would not be discovered until 1998 as well. Oh, my God. That's awful. And, and and his killings were very close to. I mean, I'm reading like a, within a week, within two weeks. Yeah. So they're very very close. And back you'll to back. see this timeline is like wow. It's mm. you know mm -hmm. by the time he's caught, another woman named um, Cynthia was believed to be murdered by Ken. So some of these women they couldn't 
pin on him. On him. Yeah. But they were very similar, similar deaths. Ken, next, Ken and an accomplice murder another woman named Colleen in December of 1991. After they kidnapped her in plain sight of witnesses, Jeez. they rape her and they torture her before Ken kills her. The next prostitute was found strangled and tortured. And then a pregnant woman who was actually a co-worker. She was a 22-year-old woman named mm-hmm. Melissa who was pregnant um, and a co-worker um, went missing from the store. He also stole $250 from the register. She was raped. She was tortured. And she was killed. Oh, and that's Her body awful. was found in April by a fisherman. Oh. His crimes were scattered across several counties in Texas. And it made it very difficult for a singular investigation to include all the crimes to really start. They, they mm-hmm. really weren't putting things together. Um, he ended up changing his names and moved jobs and, and moved around. Right. So he wouldn't be caught. Right. However, he could not escape, and I know you'll remember this one, Long Arm of the Law Forever, because America's Most Wanted aired an episode. Awesome. And I don't know if you remember, but it was like they had like a 98% yeah, they did. rate of, of capturing mm-hmm. the, the people that they did shows on. Um, and as soon as his episode aired, people began to call in because he had his name changed and he was working, still yeah. killing people, right? And on May 4th in 1992, a team of six arrested him as he drove onto work property. He was tried. He was found guilty. He was sentenced to death. And this time he did not escape. He was executed on November 17th in 1998 in Texas. Nice. Thank God. Thank God. So this was like a stressful episode for me. Like all these different... Like, back and forth, back yeah, and forth. Yeah, it was cool, though. It was good. I liked it. Yeah, it was different. Definitely some that I think got to go on our list. Death. Yeah, definitely. there are a couple that I, I would be interested yeah. in digging in. So that that is my that's my episode, you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Again, we are taking a holiday vacation slash hiatus. Yeah. We'll be back um, early January 9th, I think. Yep. With, uh, with my episode. awesome episodes yep. from Chrissy. And, um, yeah, that's all I've got. All right. Well, I know um, you guys are going to miss us. We're going to miss you. (laughs) But um, we hope that you stick around um, and catch back up with us in January. I hope everybody has a very Merry Christmas. I know Hanukkah is a little... We're past Past Hanukkah, but um, happy belated Hanukkah. Happy holidays for everybody. Happy holidays for everybody. And um, we will see you soon. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.